Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to hear from me. As Elsie told you, I'm a French speaker. So you have to pay attention. I can pronounce some words like in French. It is not easy to speak for language. She told you I'm speaking French in my country, Chiluba, Lingala, sometimes Kikung or Swahili. So I will try to be understood. Pay attention, don't pay attention to my mistakes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk about uh, uh, violence and women in Africa. Violence exists everywhere in the world in different forms. The understanding of violence here includes the follows. Forcing a person to do something against him or her, his uh, will. Intimidating, intimidating a person, depriving a person of her or his rights putting pressure on a person, dehumanizing a person, excluding a person. The list is not uh, exhaustive. Africa is known as the cradle of humanity. It is also today the location of different forms of violence. Some of these kinds of violence are related to tradition or culture. Some are forms of domestic violence or of gender violence. Some are types of political violence. In all the African countries that I know, women were and still are considered weak without intelligence intended for procreation and to satisfy the needs of men, needs such as men's sexual desire, and housekeeping and providing food for the husband and children by the small business or work they do. A woman does not have the right to choose to speak, to be educated. In short, she is deprived of almost all her rights. She is underrepresented in decision-making bodies. She is overloaded with work. You can picture her as a person with many hands to do many tasks. In the church, in the society, in politics, women are underrepresented and undervalued. If a woman does something well, she is considered to be a man. People say she works like a man. This introduction will help you understand the stories which I'm going to tell you to illustrate different forms of violence. 
I did just a small introduction because we don't have enough time. If we want to speak about all, all kinds of violence, we can take maybe one month to talk about violence. <laughs> so now uh, I'm going to tell you some stories which will help you to understand how women are facing violence in Africa. Let me begin with some of the kinds of violence related to tradition or culture, especially to, to the way that men and families control and determine everything for girls and women. These are both the most common forms of violence and the ones that women have the most difficulty identifying because these are part of the way they and their ancestors have always lived. The first is the story of Madame Denise, a member of our nonprofit association, Women Cradle of Abundance. Madame Denise had finished her secondary education. The parents of the men who married her came to her parents to ask for her hand. The two families agreed on the marriage without consulting the bride Denise. She just received her parents' order that she had to marry the son of the family they had chosen. So they were married. At the time her husband was working but after some years of marriage, he lost his job. So he sent his wife and three children back to his family in the village. Madame Denise would have preferred to go to her own birth family because she thought she and her children would be more comfortable there while her husband looked for another job. However, however, she did as her husband insisted and went to her, her in-laws. But they were angry with her and they told her husband that she was not a good wife. From that time on, her husband began to mistreat her she was there alone preparing food for her husband and children. He beat her for every little fault. She got pregnant whenever her husband decided he wanted another child. <clears throat> this is common in, uh, in, in our country. They did not talk together. He decided everything. Finally, after 16, 18 years of marriage and six children, they began to sleep in separate beds. She was left alone to take care of the children, but she had no real communication with her husband. She was often depressed. Her husband was also having affairs with other women. Finally, Madame Denise decided to study theology, and today she has her master's. 
Her husband died two years ago. When he was ill, she was the one who had all the care for him at the hospital. After his death, his family decided to drive her out of, the, of her home, but her children objected. They paid the father's family so that their mother could stay with them. This is the first story about uh, Madame Denise. I hope we understand about domestic violence related to, there is domestic violence and domestic re uh, violence related to tradition or culture. I'm going to tell you another story is about uh, a woman named Mami. Mami was married and the mother of six children. Her husband was a mechanic, but then he was out of work and did nothing. African custom and the Bible require a woman to be submissive to her husband. This woman was a nurse and had a job, but her husband forced her to give him her to give him her entire salary. He was the one who would handle this money. If the wife needed money for the bus or to buy something, she had to ask her husband for it. He might refuse or give her less than she needed. If she kept back any of of her salary, her husband treated her. He beat her and told her all the family that she was a bad wife. We helped Mammy see that she was supporting her husband in this, his way by accepting his demand for her salary. She was responsible. We told her that she was responsible because she was educated. We encouraged her to talk with her husband to tell him to get a job and support his family and told her she had the right to manage her money herself and was not obliged to hand it over to him. That, it that is what happened now. She is uh, managing her money and the uh, things have been changed in her family. I'm going to tell you another story. Traditionally, bearing children is a woman, woman is single most important role. You know that, no? The central reason for her existence and often the call is more and more children because men see this as a measure of their importance. A pastor and his wife had 10 children. When the 10th child was born, the doctor told the wife that she should not have any more children. However, the pastor told his wife that he had to have 
12 children like the 12 tribes of Israel. <laughs> when his wife practiced, uh, practiced the rhythm method and refused to have sexual relations with him at the times when she would conceive, the pastor told her that she was sinning and that God, God would punish her. Sometimes he beat her. The wife finally accepted all that the pastor told her, but she was afraid of dying in childbirth if she had another baby. She was living with trauma. And then she became pregnant again and died giving birth to, the, to her 11 child. Fidelity in marriage is required of women, but not of men. This is in Africa. I don't know here. A woman named Mbui was married to a man named Christophe. They had four children. Christophe traveled to Angola on business and stayed there six years. During that time, he sent money home to her, on, to her only twice in all the six years. We began to sell bread to support her children and pay the school fees for only one child. She could not afford to pay for all of them to go to school. She was forced out of her home because she could not pay the rent. It was very difficult for her and she took her children home to her parents. However, her parents were very poor. We caught up at 4 a.m. every day to go and buy a, a supply of bread to sell in order to support her family. All this time, we remained faithful to her husband, hoping that he would return having earned enough money to support his family. His family. What she did not know was that while she wa he was in Angola, Christophe married another woman and had three children there. When he came back from Angola after six years, he brought his Angolan wife and children. We was very embarrassed by this situation traumatized and depressed. When she objected to this second family, he told her he would not take her back, but he would give her very four children as a present. So you understand that uh, it is not easy. This was the situation in which we found Mui. We offered her counsel 
and a little money so that she would have a capital to make a little business. Instead of just buying a supply of bread each day and living on the thin profits of retail sales, she could produce bread and get a little more money to support her family. We paid the school fees for her children. She's now at ease and comfortable. And her husband lost everything. He wanted her back, but she refused. Besides the traditional or cultural forms of violence, which are more subtle and harder for women to identify, there are, of course, the much more brutal form, form of violence, which come with living in a war zone. The most kind of violence is rape. The Democratic Republic of Congo, even the Congo Brazzaville, and most countries in Africa, uh, is going through a very difficult time of war. No matter what their age, women and girls, and even little girl children, are victims of rape in every province of country, but especially in the East, along the border with Uganda, Rwanda, and Burundi. A woman named Marie Claire, mother of two children, lived in Kinshasa, the capital of the DRC. Kinshasa is just across the Congo River from Brazzaville, the capital of the other Congo, and when things are peaceful, there is much trade between them, usually by canals. Marie Claire's husband ordered her to cross the Congo River in a canal to Brazzaville to sell bread and soft drinks in the river shore where her, there is a lot of traffic. This was during the civil war in Brazzaville. And at first, at first, Marie Claire refused because she was afraid of being drowned, drowned in the river because she, she didn't know how to, to, to swim. Oh, yes. She was afraid. So, she was uh, also afraid that she would be raped by the militia in the civil war. But finally, she could not resist her husband's demand, and she crossed the river. And she was raped by the soldiers who caught her. Some of the military on the other side of the Brazzaville conflict intervened to save her life. When Marie Claire got back home to Kinshasa, she told her husband what had happened. And he drew her out with her children. 
she has been raped. He didn't want her anymore because other men had raped her. He abandoned her and married another woman. Marie Claire had now here to go, nowhere to go. She, she didn't have any place to, to, to stay. So uh, with her two children, she decided to take refuge in a church. It was a new Pentecostal church. The members there took a, a collection to help her and uh, she became a small business. Now she's been able to rent a house and her children are studying at the university. The daughter in the second year of nursing and the son in the first year of economics. There are many kinds of violence and the stories could be multiplied. Every week, there are girls or women who come to ask for help or to tell me about other people who need help. In face of this situation, organizations for human rights and women's associations and the churches have mobilized it to fight against violence. One of these organizations is our small nonprofit called Women Cradle of Abundance. We educate women and young girls about their human rights. We teach them income generating activities. We pay school fees for orphans and abandoned children and for young girls who have no way to make a living. We have a school which teaches literacy and sewing to young girls so they can take charge of their own lives. We have built a center for our activities and included rooms to house homeless girls. We offer counseling to those who are crushed by their affliction, by rape or abandonment or forced prostitution. We also lobby the government leaders to vote for just laws. We accompany women who are living with HIV and AIDS to enable them to get access to medicines and to live with a positive attitude because they feel we have accepted them. We do consciousness raising for women so they can come to recognize that they are made in the image of God with all the rights and all the abilities. We encourage them to put away and banish their fear and inferiority complex. We encourage all the women to join in the project of fellowship of the Lisquan. 
Each time she prays, a woman is invited to set aside a centim, the smallest coin of our currency, so that she can help the most afflicted and vulnerable. Each month we gather these small offerings. Since the women are very poor themselves, making this contribution is not easy. But we are convinced that with God's help and with your support to rise up to fight against violence and conquer it, we will succeed. God does not like violence. God is against injustice. I am standing here before you because my father encouraged me not to be afraid. He loved us and educated us, his daughters, and as well as his sons. Even though our culture discredits girls and treated us as less valuable than boys. He did this because of his education in Presbyterian mission in Congo. I, I want to tell you my own story. Maybe most between you know about my stories. And uh, some, it is the first time to see me. Uh, I am born in the family of uh, 14 children. So 11 are girls and uh, three are boys. People and uh, my father's family were saying that my parents don't have children because we are girls. When my father was sending us to school, they said, why you pay money for those things? They call us things. Not a person, but thin. So you just destroy your money. They won't do anything good. But because of uh, the church, Presbyterian church, my father has been educated and he became a Christ Christian in the Presbyterian church. So he understood that girls and boys are all the children and he loved us. He sent us to school. I went to school, you know, in my country, a woman of my age going to school and going to university. It was not easy, according to the tradition. I am uh, between the girls, I'm the firstborn. So in my tradition, I had to be married at the very, very young age. 14 years, for example. But my father refused. He said, no. My children will one day become the man. He sent us to school. He, teach, he taught us very uh, income-generating uh, activities, handwork. We did all. We went to the farm. He taught us to raise animals, domestic animals. He taught me to, and my sister to sew. 
he, he did all his best. He said that I don't like you to become the slaves of other people. I want you to have good life. You will support yourself in your life. You understand that? That is why today I can come here and talk to you. My English, I never been to school to learn English. I, I tried with my dictionary. And sometimes when I come, I can ask somebody how I can pronounce this. This, one, this is because of the education my father gave to me. He sent all of us to school. And uh, that is how my sisters and me, we have, we, we have good life because uh, I'm able to travel, to go to another country myself, to look for goods to sell in my country. And I don't, I'm not afraid about the tradition. I am able to read the Bible and to understand what God likes for women and men. That is how I am here. I created a woman cradle of abundance to help women to understand that they are created in God's image. There is no difference when God created women and men. He started by uh, men. I always say that women are the chef d'oeuvre. What is it in English? The chef d'oeuvre de la création. The um, masterpiece, yes. Yes. I always say that we are the, 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 the very, very intelligence of God, God. Because when he created the man, he started to, he was not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> when, when he created he create woman, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> so that, that's why I think that I, I can help my sisters and girls and women all people and men to understand that we are uh, the same, we are partner, we have a different biologic difference, but the head is not different. So that is how you, you see uh, I can stand and come, even I don't know English very well, but I'm able to stand and talk. And uh, I, I, I hope you understand what I say. Yes. So all this, it is thanks to my father because he did understand that we are children like boys. He could not uh, leave, this, uh, leave us without being educated. So I hope that you will support our ministry by praying. You have to make advocacy everywhere for people who are uh, making violence. Uh, you, you have to be involved to look for the way for women and men to live peacefully. This is very important for the society to grow. So Congo now, you know that we have a lot of mining resources in Congo. 
there is fighting in Congo because external people are going to look for copper, diamond, uh, cotton, and uh, many, many, uh, many, many richness. When they are going there, what I can't understand, they just start to rape women. I never understand that. So please, if you, you have a way to reach the United Nations, they always send soldiers in Congo and in other parts of the country. But some of the soldiers of the United Nations are going to rape women too. Please, you can advocacy. We can do advocacy for uh, stop violence. Mostly violence against women, girls, and children too. All children are victims of violence. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you.